God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, the election is really heating up, folks. We're six days out from uh, the midterm elections. And the tide is turning red. Roll Roll tide roll, right? It's red. It's a red tide, red tidal wave. Um, The momentum is clearly on the side of... The GOP or the Republicans, I would say, uh, neither neither of those really apply. It's the it's the Trump party now, and I think that the Trump candidates are doing great. That's why I always thought it was kind of weird that uh, Becky uh, Hobbs was undercover. Uh, well, she was being recorded undercover by Project Veritas, and she was trying to imply that they were financing, the Democrats across the country were financing Trump candidates so that they would do well in their primaries. And I did sort of notice that, you know, like with J.D. Vance and Dr. Oz, they were getting all kinds of media attention, all kinds of uh, presence. You wonder if Paul Ryan had anything to do with that. But I don't know, you know, because Paul Ryan sits at the board of uh, Fox News along with Carl Rove and a whole bunch of others. And um, the thing thing about that is, is, you know, they're so blinded by their own uh, their own uh, ideology. You get that. That's how you get someone like Liz Cheney. I don't think Liz Cheney is lying through her teeth. As much as I think she she truly believes the Kool Aid that she's drinking, she truly believes the words. She truly believes, you know, Dick Cheney's Enron goals and whatever. She truly believes in globalism. Somehow she thinks that that's the best path, and of course, globalism is at the root of all evil. Globalism is at the root of all of this madness, whether it's Brazil, Bolsonaro won't concede, 
because the election was clearly rigged in Brazil and people are rioting in the streets and they know what's going on. And where the socialists and the globalists have prevailed, like in Israel, for example, like in Israel, Netanyahu's now going to get back power. Why in the world is that happening? Why in the world is that happening? It's because they got a couple of doses of the, you know, the, um, the, the other way of thinking. And it doesn't work. Because Israel is knee-deep in war and conflict again in Syria, knee-deep in conflict with the Palestinians. The Palestinians are now enriched by the Biden administration and the globalists. Iran is about to wage war against Saudi Arabia. Turkey is still going at it against uh, Greece and Libya. And you you go on with this stuff, and the conflicts in the Middle East don't need to be there. You know, Trump put business and economics as the number one carrot. Not the stick, but the carrot. And in the Middle East, it was, it was going toward harmony with the Abraham Accords. Normalizing re- relations. The first flight from Riyadh to Jerusalem. And the Gulf states were starting to say, you know, we can't deal with this Palestinian Abbas dude anymore. He's a radical idealist, ideology. And he is not a businessman. He has no business at the business table. And so, therefore, uh, they started to do business. Because oil was not something that they were selling a lot of to America. Because America was energy independent. There's a lot of good that came from being energy independent. But what's the first thing that Biden does? He closes down the... Development of the Keystone Pipeline. He closes. Uh, he doesn't. Re- he renews the least amount of leases, or he, he rejects the renewal of, of leases on drilling, and then he wants to blame the oil companies. He wants to blame Putin. He wants to blame uh, COVID. He wants to blame everything but himself. And now they're doing some sort of a weird victory lap because they crushed the economy and ruined our lives. I mean, if this is a world war, which it is, we are ta- we as people in the middle class are taking it on the chin right now. Grocery bills are sky high. Gas prices are going to go up after the election. The only reason why they've stabilized is because Biden stimulated the economy once again, buying a whole bunch of stuff with the Inflation Reduction Act and the student loan forgiveness. And like I said before, all that money we send to Ukraine is winding up in the pockets of the oligarchs. It's all fraud. It's riddled with fraud. And they're taking those they're taking those billions of dollars that America is giving to Zelensky, that clown, 
who's killing his own citizens, who's already shut down all of the uh, free press that they had in that country. And he silenced all of his political opponents. It's not a democracy that we're defending in Ukraine. It's a totalitarianism uh, on steroids. It's a uh, ground zero for uh, NATO and ground zero for globalism and the European Union. And that's why so many conservative countries or leaders of countries want to pull out. And if they could, they would of the EU. It's a, it's a government overreach, it's taxation without representation, and it's getting in the way of real democracy where people vote locally for their candidates, their representatives, who now have to answer to a guy like Klaus Schwab. Meanwhile, Russia is donating 25,000 tons of wheat to Lebanon, according to um, this report over at the cradle, the caretaker, the caretaker government also approved 10,000 tons of fuel for the electricity sector. So there you go. You know, one of the reasons why the uh, Democrats are losing so so badly right now is because. As it gets closer to the election, they actually have to open their mouth. They have to leave the basement. They have to get out there. And because we have such strong candidates, namely Trump-supported candidates, but, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, they were saying that they wanted to finance these Trump candidates uh, in the primaries because they would be the easier ones to beat. Isn't that what they said about Trump in 2015 and 16? Yep. It was, and they got beat, and they still don't know how to beat them. They just don't. You know why? Because the truth hurts. And there's a lot of other things going on, too, like affirmative action is being questioned right now in the case of affirmative action. And it's quite interesting, really, um, because affirmative action by definition is racism. Anytime you have an equity program that Kamala Harris supports, you, you are looking at things beyond a person's control, whether it's their skin color, their gender. And the only thing that probably should ever be considered is your socioeconomic lot in life. If you were born extremely poor and someone else was born extremely rich, well, there there may be a, an issue there that you can wrestle with to give somebody of economic strife uh, a step up, but not not create a life pattern. And the other one is with respect to single parent homes. We should have government programs that that that, that might be welfare oriented, but not penalize black families for um, having a male figure in the in the household, which leads to the kind of crime we're seeing across the country in black communities. 
And it all is about mentoring, isn't it? It's about knowing and doing the right things. It's about a conscience. And you know what becomes so important in that whole concept there? Christianity. It should be, it's, it's at the root of it. It's at the core of it. You know, for a long, long time, people would, would uh, not commit suicide when they felt like they wanted to commit suicide because of their Christian faith, their Christian values. It's a sin. They would rob, they, they might rob a store or a bank, but they're like, their conscience got the best of them. They might assault somebody, but their conscience gets the best of them. That's something that a police officer and a police force and law enforcement can't really do. Because in a heat of passion or uh, the risk and reward calculation, people make these foolish decisions, whether they're high on opioids or, or uh, alcohol or whatever it is, and they make these stupid decisions. But if they're rooted in God and faith, they tend to, you tend to live in a better place. You know, divorce was another one. You know, when you uh, enter into a, the world of marriage, it's a commitment. Requires discipline and responsibility. And all of those things, you know, I always, when I envision a village or a community or a town, I always say you get the county seat, you get the city hall, but you also have at the center of town, you have the church. And one of the things we're going to talk a little bit about today is this transgenderism. There was a great uh, post by Ben Shapiro on this, and it's really at it's 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 sort of like it's sort of like that uh, bad ingredient that you're eating that's decaying your teeth. You know, whatever it is, sugar is bad for your teeth. Well. I don't even want to classify transgenderism as sugar because it's not, but that's, that, that would give it a compliment. That would almost give it a compliment. And I don't want to do that. The, the point, the point is, is that we got to get ourselves back to discipline and responsibility as a culture, as a community, we got to get our faith back in God and we got to fight back against People like Randy Weingarter makes a complete and total fool out of herself. Every time she opens her mouth, she is just such an ugly human being. And she basically, you know, the Department of Education, let's not forget what the Department of Education is. The Department of Education is funded by the teachers unions or the other way around. They funded the teachers unions, which is basically carrying all the water that's really kind of the way it is. And this is the root of the show today. You get the Department of Education, and they get funded by who? Who do they get funded by? <clears throat> they get funded by all the taxpayers across the country. And those taxpayers fund the Department of Education, which then empowers Organizations like SEIU and AFT and, you know, all the different teachers unions 
And what ends up happening is they are radically liberal. They adopt liberal policies and they coordinate with the government with liberal liberal policies. But where the government where the government is limited Okay, and I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about the Department of Education and the teachers unions. Because where the government is limited by the constitution, these unions are not. And so the unions do the dirty work that the government wouldn't be constitutionally permitted to do. But they get their funding through the power of the purse, that's Congress. And so the Congress appropriates funding for the Department of Education, which finances and props up teachers' unions. So much so that even the CDC, we know, was colluding with the teachers' unions. And this is what has enabled them to have sex books in our classrooms for children, transgender storytelling, indoctrination, 1619 projects, CRT, critical race theory. It's what's permitted them to ban the MAGA hat but promote Black Lives Matter, Marxist, hate. And I can go on and on and on. Now, what is the difference between that? What is the difference between the Department of Education financing than, say, even when state and local officials back in the 60s and 50s passed these Jim Crow laws. There were guidances. Sort of like today when they have these COVID guidances. They say, well, we can't technically make you do it. Put the jab in your arm and wear the mask. But the private companies can, but the government can't. And so together, they worked together, and they had you know that thing called a green book back in the 60s, where... A lot of local businesses throughout the South um, accepted the guidance put together by the state and local Democrats that were behind the Jim Crow laws. It was a Democrat policy of segregation. But it didn't have any teeth and it didn't have any constitutionality it, it wasn't constitutional, and it didn't have any teeth unless unless those companies, the hotel chains and the restaurants, decided to accept the guidance and push forward with those unconstitutional segregationist policies. And by doing so, they were friendly with the government, because if they didn't obey the government— the government would find 16 ways till Sunday to shut them down and put them out of business. And they knew it. Okay, now, what's the difference? We just talked about the teachers' unions and the Department of Education basically using your tax dollars, your conservative tax dollars, to support their liberal agenda. 
What's the difference between that and Congress appropri- giving money to Planned Parenthood? Like $500 million a year they were given to Planned Parenthood. Who would turn around and spend 90% of their political donations, 98% of their political donations went to liberal candidates. And they were already getting funding from the private sector. Because if the private sector didn't fund them, they wouldn't get the government contracts, you see, carrots and sticks. So what's the difference between Planned Parenthood getting conservative tax dollars to push liberal candidates? What's the difference between conservative tax dollars funding the Department of Education to support liberal teachers unions that support liberal policies and collude with CDC and finance liberal candidates? And push the liberal agenda of indoctrinating and see 1619 and critical race theory and transgender storytelling. You see how it works? Well, I got another one for you. How about the most recent one with the social media? Which we're going to get into today. Is it any different? No, it's the same playbook. It's always the same playbook. Conservative tax dollars are going in to the government who's then propping up, in this case, it's not the teachers' unions, it's not Planned Parenthood. What is it? It's the CIA. It's the law enforcement. It's the Department of Justice. It's the FBI. It's the IRS. Lois Lerner was targeting conservative groups. She was being funded by conservative taxpayer dollars. Lois Lerner, the IRS. The FBI, we already know the crap that they're doing, right? All over the place. They're just a, a mob. They're, they're like a, uh, a gang. They can't shoot straight. Dumb as a rock, those people. Take Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all those people we forget about. And they go after a political president, a president of the United States and try to overthrow the presidency. They waged a coup against our country. Who knows? They probably even were had a hand in assassinating JFK. They may have had a hand in assassinating Robert Martin Luther King. It's not like they're not racist. They are. They discriminate with all kinds of liberal policies. They segregate. They were the grand poobah segregators of our time. And it goes on and on from there. I got a clip that's just going to blow your mind. Let's take a listen to this uh, Josh Hawley. This is uh, very telling. It sort of underscores what we're talking about right now. Let's take a listen. Uh, Mr. Cox, I know that Facebook has said in the past that it's their position as a private company. You're not subject to the First Amendment. I assume that hasn't changed. Is that right? That's correct, Senator. But uh, the United States government is subject to the First Amendment. I think we can probably all agree on. Hopefully we can. Hopefully that's still true in this country. Um, Is it appropriate for Facebook to work with the United States government to avoid the First Amendment, help the U.S. government avoid the First Amendment? Uh, Senator... 
we do think it is uh, sometimes appropriate to be in contact with government and with government organizations. To help them avoid the First Amendment. Senator okay, so the guy that uh, Josh Hawley is interviewing, his name is Chris Cox. He's a Facebook executive. Okay. With government and with government organizations. To help them avoid the First Amendment. Senator, I'm not sure what what specifically you're referring to. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's appropriate to work with the United States government to target private individual speech that is constitutionally protected? Senator, I'm not aware of, of that. Mm. Well, let me, um, let me educate you. On July 16th, 2021, Facebook, an employee at Facebook wrote to the Department of Health and Human Services saying, and I quote, I know our teams met today to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward. On July 23rd, 2021, a Facebook employee thanked HHS, quote, for taking the time to meet earlier today and wanted to make sure you saw the steps we just took this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation. This included, and I'm still quoting, increasing the strength of our demotions for COVID and vaccine-related content. On April 7, 2021, a Facebook employee thanked the CDC for responding to misinformation queries, and I quote, we'll get moving now to be able to remove all but that one claim as soon as the announcement and authorization happens. On July 28th of this year, a Facebook employee reached out to CDC about, quote, doing a monthly misinfo debunking meeting. The CD responded, yes, we would love to do that. Sure, they would. On July 20th, 2021, Clark Humphrey at the White House, who's digital director of the COVID 19 response team, emailed Dave Sumner at your company, among others, asking any way we can get this pulled down and cited a specific Instagram account. Within 46 seconds, your company responded and said, Yep, on it. That sounds like what in the law we call a pattern in practice of meeting, coordinating, and colluding with the United States government to target particular speech that no one in any of these emails alleges is incitement, which would not be constitutionally protected. No one in any of these emails alleges it directly encourages violence, which would not be constitutionally protected. So it appears to all be constitutionally protected speech on, I might add, very politically sensitive topics that Facebook is directly working with the U.S. government to target and remove. Is that your company policy to do this kind of thing? Senator, we were, we were quite public about our uh, cooperation with uh, health organizations during the unprecedented time of COVID. We knew that people expected and wanted accurate information on our platform. We had conversations with the CDC, with the World Health Organization, and with other public health organizations, not just in the U.S., but abroad, in order to understand how to help sure, make sure that folks weren't getting information that could cause imminent harm. Fair enough. So you're saying that this, this was, in fact, company policy to have these kinds of meetings with HHS, with the CDC, with the White House directly, that you did engage in, in this behavior, and you think that it was entirely fine. Is that your testimony? Senator, I do believe it's appropriate for companies like ours to be in consultation with public health organizations and with government. And, and you, you can confirm that things like taking down a private Instagram account and uh, adjusting your policies at the behest of, of the White House uh, and putting into place 
misinformation policies at the behest of CDC, that, that those things you think are appropriate. This was company policy to do so. Is that fair to say? Senator, I'm not familiar with the Instagram account specifically that you're referencing, but we do know that people expected and hoped from the platforms that we would help them get accurate information about COVID during the unprecedented time, especially at the beginning. Well, isn't there a difference between you as a platform putting forward information and censoring your users at the behest of the White House, the administration more broadly, and the CDC? Isn't there a distinction there? We specifically uh, wanted to work with public health experts to understand the relationship between information and behavior. And so we did consult with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and others uh, to understand how the, the platform policies we built were affecting public health. Well, you didn't, just, you didn't just consult with them to understand how they affected public health. You actually censored on their behalf. I mean, you, t- you took these emails. I'm just quoting from a sample of them which, by the way, have been disclosed in litigation. These, these emails show that you took censorship steps. You took down accounts. You planned misinformation policies. You adjusted your policies at the behest of the United States government. I mean, that, that's not just some theoretical thing. That's actually targeting your user's speech. But you're, you're, I appreciate your forthrightness, by the way. So, but you're saying that, that was, you think that's fine and that was your policy. Senator, we... We've been public about our policies on COVID misinformation specifically, as well as on misinformation generally. And so you think there's not, you're not concerned about any of this? Nothing that I just read to you, you're not concerned about it at all? Respectfully, Senator, I think the balance of how to protect free expression as well as public safety is a difficult issue. But it's one we're committed to working with outside experts and publishing our work. Well, um, I, I appreciate you being so forthright. As I said, this is actually from litigation between the state of Missouri and the state of Louisiana and the federal government. I, I anticipate that your remarks under oath today are going to be very interesting and helpful to that litigation. I'll just say this. My view is, is that the United States government is bound by the First Amendment. They cannot encourage or coerce or incite or collude with a private party to get around the First Amendment, but you've just said to me today that that's basically what they did, that you coordinated with them repeatedly over a pattern of months and years to adjust and target your speech policies for protected speech at the behest of the United States government. I have to tell you, I've got a big problem with that, and I think all your users should too. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Boom. Wow, that was pretty powerful. Thank you, Josh Hawley, Senator from Missouri. Um, when you think about that, it's, it's uh, you know, exactly what we've been saying. The government can't censor you because of the Constitution. Not today, but they will when they pack the court and they end the filibuster and they rig the elections. They're getting there, but they're just not there yet. And they can't afford you speaking. That's why everybody's so upset about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And I, I still maintain that Elon Musk, you know, I don't know what he was dealing with, but certainly the negative impact of Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, the negative impact uh, that uh, of, you know, of intimidating or creating timid investors uh, with respect to uh, creating timid investors re- with respect to um, 
Truth Social and Getter and Parler and Gab had a negative impact on conservatives this election cycle. So, yeah, I definitely think that there was an issue there. And um, and we have to, you know, we have to worry about that. So, you know, I, I know that uh, Elon Musk is not great friends with uh, Trump. And so we'll see what happens. Trump last week said that he was told by people at Twitter that he would be brought back this past Monday. That didn't happen. And then Twitter, Elon Musk tweeted out that they were going to have some sort of a council meeting before they go about doing any steps. I still think it could happen this week. But you also heard the Facebook executive, Chris Cox, say this. He said that he was trusting the health organizations like the WHO, which is a globalist organization run by China and Bill Gates. And, uh, you know, I mean, you got Trudeau's, the uh, Tetros, uh, the uh, leader from uh, like Namibia or somewhere. Uh, that's basically a warlord that killed people. He's the head of the thing, you know. How bright is this guy? He's one step up from being a gang leader. You know, I mean, really, give me a break. And these are the so-called scientists that were controlling the whole world through the use of a weapon, a gain-of-function weapon, that they called a pandemic that then caused the global a population to be under the thumb of government. As if government knew best. Well, guess what? Just yesterday I saw a report that said Facebook apologized about censoring hydro- the, the positive benefits of hydroxychloroquine. So they were wrong, right? They were wrong. They were wrong, and they cost lives, and they should be sued. But, see, that's the problem that Chris Cox doesn't even understand. It's sort of like the liberals right now. They're like, what if Elon Musk censors Democrats? What if he uh, changes the algorithm and skews favorably toward Republicans? Well, that's what we've been dealing with for the last 10 years. Hello, McFly. Are you getting this? I mean, how can you not see what the beef was? See, People who are on the short end of that censorship stick and that bias stick don't like it. But the liberals have never really been victimized like conservatives have because the people that control the media since the, since the beginning of media, since the beginning of television, has leaned left. They've always been in control. But you take Charlie Crist. So, in essence, what the Facebook guy said, Chris Cox, he said, trust science. We trust the scientists. So long as whatever the scientists say, so you're a governor of a state. And you're going to basically say, my policy is going to reflect anything that the scientists come up with. 
Never mind the fact that <laughs> there are two sides to every research project. But Charlie Crist, this dumb moron down in Florida, said this. Pandemic. Hopefully it's behind us. But as Florida's governor, would you be open to mandating or regulating masks? I would be open to doing what scientists advise. And then the, the seals clap because they love their little security blanket that they know that the scientists support their cause. Yeah. I just read an article this morning. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, so I'm going to the airport right after this and going to Orlando, and I'm going to wear a mask on the plane. You don't have to anymore, but I'm going to because Florida is experiencing an uptick that began this week. And it's not even the Omicron B2. It's a new variant. So uh, it's very uh, poignant. Wow. So, you know, that's game over for Charlie Crist. And then here is Randy Guy Weingartner, right? She's the, um, she is the teachers union boss, right? American, um, it's the American, she was speaking at the American Federations of Teachers. She's the president of the American Federation of Teachers. AFT is the union she, she runs. So new campaign ad for Tudor Dixon just dropped. Basically, she's in Michigan, right, supporting um, uh, basically of the Democrat candidates, right? She's the head of this union. I said, Randy is stone cold nuts and needs a restraining order against her to protect American students. That's how bad it's gotten. But you know who's on our side? You know who's the problem solvers? Governor Whitmer. But you know... <laughs> And she's looking like a maniac when she's saying it. The, the visual is actually stunning, right? And then you talk about journalism. If you're a mainstream media journalist, kindly state if you have pushed for any of the following hoaxes. Okay? So stay with me here. Because if you have, this is about the time you drop your ridiculous campaign to censor your fellow Americans over misinformation. How many recent mainstream, uh, let's see, mainstream media hoaxes did you fall for? Let's see, there was the Russian hoax. There was the Trump called the neo-Nazis fine people, uh, which was the Charlottesville uh, hoax. Uh, you got the Jussie Smollett hoax. Everybody fell for Jussie Smollett. Jussie Smollett. Bubba Wallace garage door pull. You fell for that. I can't believe NASCAR still has this guy, and he's he's out in the infield punching out other drivers. You know, what a disgrace. Covington kids, the Covington kids, remember um, Sandman got the won all that money from the defamation suits he had against CNN and MSNBC? Covington kids. Governor Whitmer's kidnapping plot. The FBI put that together. The FBI, the good old FBI. How about the Kavanaugh rape? You know, uh, Blase Ford and her pack of lies. The Trump P-tape in Peter, St. Petersburg, Russia. That never happened. COVID lab leak was a conspiracy theory, right? No, nope. it was gain of function. And it was financed by Fauci. Border agents whipped migrants. 
Okay, that was when the agents were lassoing up their reins to try to get their horses to steer correctly. They went as far as to call these people the racists because they were uh, the photograph looked like it was they were beating them with whips. Wasn't the case. And their own bosses didn't have their back because they're liberals and they're spineless and you would never want them in your foxhole. Trump saved nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. That's another lie. Steel dossier. Big time lie. Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Lie. Trump said drinking bleach would fight COVID. He didn't say that. He was talking about a liquid that you could consume that could actually kill bacteria. Um, And there are liquids like that. (laughs) There are also antibiotics like that. Um, Muslim travel ban. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. That's a big fat lie. They cost uh, the conservatives many seats in the 2020 election. Andrew Cuomo's best COVID leadership. So they were saying Andrew Cuomo, who killed 12,000 elderly in their homes, right? He was the best leader. They were grooming him. And speaking of that, by the way, New York, now run by Hochul and Andrew Cuomo, was the former governor. And then you got Gavin Newsom out in California, the two biggest states. So the Democrats are starting to worry, and they're saying that Gavin's doing such a bad job, and Hochul is doing such a bad job with crime and with COVID and with with debt and with, um, you know, just an overall way of life. Um, the taxation, the repression, the division, divisiveness, the open, uh, the, the sanctuary cities. All of this is plaguing them. And now the Democrats are starting to say, we're going to lose more seats than we expected because of Gavin Newsom, because of Newsom and Hochul. The two biggest states with the two most populated, the two biggest states for representation, you know, the representatives. So the House leaders are saying that these governors need to step it up. Otherwise, they're going to get trounced. And this is going to be the source of a lot of bleeding within the Democrat Party in the House of Representatives. So Trump built cages for migrants. No, we know that uh, we know that um, Obama built those cages. Trump overfed Koi fish in Japan, of course, that was another lie. Build Back Better will pay for itself. No, it hasn't. Trump tax cuts benefited only the rich. Cloth masks prevent COVID. Prevent COVID. No, they don't. If you get vaccinated, you won't catch COVID. Well, people got vaccinated, they caught COVID. SUV killed parade marchers. Okay, well, we know that that was Daryl Brooks, and now he's guilty. Trump used tear gas to clear a crowd for a Bible photo. Nope, he didn't do that, but he did uh, save that church, St. John's Church, across the street from the White House. Don't Say Gay was was in a bill. Uh, Talking about the Florida bill, didn't didn't even have the word gay in it. Putin price hike. 
The oil, the price of oil increased before Putin ever invaded Ukraine. Ivermectin is a horse dewormer and not for humans. Of course, we know ivermectin has been used for malaria and for lupus uh, and it's been used for years. Mostly peaceful protests. Black Lives Matter was never peaceful. Trump overpowered Secret Service for Wheel of the Beast. Uh, yeah, that was after the election, uh, after he had, um, he was, uh, they said he was irate and trying to grab the wheel of the beast. Of course, that was never true. Officer Sicknick was murdered by protesters. No, he had an aneurysm and he died after January 6th. January 6th was an insurrection. Of course, it was an FBI infiltration. Trump mocked a reporter's disability. No, he didn't, actually. That reporter was actually, um, writing uh, some really uh, terrible lies about President Trump, and he fought back and treated that person the way he would treat anybody. BYU students students hurled racist insults at Duke volleyball player. No, that was a big lie, too. And you can go on from there, right? But these are just some of the lies. Here's another big whopper. Average U.S. maximum temperature for October... uh, for October is uh, basically average. Uh, it's yeah, the average U.S. maximum temperature for October, eighteen ninety-five to twenty twenty-two. Spot the global warming climate is a hoax. So they have this chart that goes from eighteen ninety-five to twenty twenty-two, and there is no rising. It's just average. It's just. The earth isn't changing. It's unbelievable. We have a couple of really quick uh, clips that are really kind of funny about inflation, that, which is not funny. But here's Joe Biden's explanation of inflation. You know, and they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now. Because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing, I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine, and uh, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, oh, yeah. Because, okay, they, so this clip here. So he, his son died in Maryland, folks. His son was in Iraq. But people who left Iraq didn't get brain cancer. It wasn't, I mean, some people did, but I mean, it wasn't uh, because he was in Iraq. You know, there wasn't a chemical warfare weapon weaponry going on in Iraq. In any case, he just made this up. His son didn't die in Iraq. His son died in Maryland of cancer. Bo. And here he, here he, here he goes. Talk about inflation. Lie. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second... Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. The, uh, but the- so that's just a, a lie. Why would he lie about his son? Or did he forget about where his son or how his son died? That would be even worse. 
So Biden just lost the entire South. Congratulations to Herschel Walker for the Biden gift that keeps on giving. A senator from Florida going after Medicare and Social Security? I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say, the Southern don't know where y'all been. Hot damn, boy. I tell you, look. <laughs> Mocking the Southerners, right? <laughs> yeah, well, here's, here is Fetterman talking about inflation. Let's see if you can make heads or tails as of what he's saying here. Okay, this is Fetterman. Neck and neck with uh, Oz. Uh, for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And should the Biden administration be doing more? No, I, I just do. I, I think the, it, that simply is also, Leah, this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax structure is well true. You know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit and, and now they still want to support those as well. True. I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is, is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they, they should have been, uh, where they're able to uh, fight uh, the, 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 the deficit. What do you think the biggest? Whoa. Wow. That was not an answer. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but that was messed up, folks. Now. That's what, here's what Biden calls inflation that he created himself. That's what I call inflation. At the end of the month, what you have left, you have no money, that's inflation. What's, what do you, the things you need, are they going up? <laughs> and they are. They are. That's what I call inflation. At the end of the month. They are. They're all going up. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Thanks for that. And here's Joe. When the price of gas, uh, a gallon of gasoline went up. We talked about it at our kitchen table. This is completely false. Gas prices were flat during Biden's childhood. I'm serious. My dad used to say everybody deserves a little bit of breathing room. By the way, I'm so sick and tired of that. I, it's not the American dream to have breathing room while the, the Biden crime family gets rich off of all kinds of uh, rigged deals. I'm serious. My dad used to say everybody deserves a little bit of breathing room. Granted, when the price of a gas or a gallon of gasoline went up, we talked about it at our kitchen table. We weren't poor. We were an average middle-class family. We lived in a three-bedroom split-level house in a development in a suburban area. I'm serious. With corn pop. Um, and then you got this... Uh, this this doozy. Well, you know, it's getting so bad that even people in Australia are making fun of Kamala Harris. Let's take a listen. Over these last 18 months, Democrats have delivered big time. I <laughs> love that was the highlight. That was the high point of the speech. And boy, haven't the De Democrats delivered big time. Biggest gas prices, big, big inflation, more than 2 million illegal immigrants crossing the southern border. That's big. And don't forget the dramatic increase in violent crime in Democrat-run cities. <laughs> and then here you got uh, the uh, Bayhart from The View saying that crime is actually going down. I want to say there is no yeah. both sides here. No. And a lot of them like to say it, including Ted Cruz when he was here. And I'd like to remind everybody that it was the Democrats 
than not the Democrats who stormed the government that day and tried to kill the vice president. Yeah. Okay. And the Republicans now coming up to the uh, next election, which is next week, by the way, um, they, all they do is talk about crime, crime, crime. Well, I looked it up. Murders in major cities have fallen by 4% so far in 2022, compared with the same period a year ago. So crime is not on the rise. It's actually going down. That's not true. <laughs> That's just not true. So they're making a joke out of, you know, the thing is, is that they're just making a joke out of these things because it is what it is. Take a listen to this affirmative action question that, uh, um, Clarence Thomas asks, let's take a listen. This was a great uh, debate going on uh, the other day. Uh, Mr. Park, um, I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. Uh, it seems to mean everything for everyone. Uh, the, and I'd like you first, you did uh, give some examples in your opening remarks. But I'd like you to give us a specific definition of diversity in the context of the University of North Carolina. And I'd also like you to give us a, uh, a clear idea of exactly uh, what the educational benefits of diversity at the University of North Carolina uh, would be factor in our admissions process than race. Uh, we have a particular interest in recruiting and enrolling rural North Carolinians. In the last incoming class, four out of every ten students who enter question, Your Honor, uh, I don't think it's actually disputed here that there are real and meaningful educational benefits that come with diversity of all kinds. Uh, SFFA's own expert, uh, this is on JA 546, ideas and critics haven't given me the educational benefits. Um, the, um, I didn't go to racially diverse schools, um, but there were educational benefits. And I'd like you to tell me expressly when a parent sends a kid to college. Well, he goes on. We're, we're running out of time. He, he goes on. Uh, Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas says, you know, they, they, I've heard the same argument made for segregationists as well. So, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not work. Your argument's not working for me. It was uh, extraordinary. If we have more time tomorrow, maybe I'll uh, go ahead and uh, uh, play a better clip of that. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the gold sponsor that we have. Uh, our gold sponsor is Genesis Gold. It allows you to move your IRA to gold and silver, which I think is a great move that you can make. Uh, all you got to do is dial 1-800-385-4653. That's 1-800-385-GOLD. And also be sure to, che- be sure to check out magapack.org, tacticalcivics.com, and use Red State at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Right